Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So we started off last week where Pastor Chris kicked off by talking about amazing, uh, abundant grace. That God has always been a, a gracious God from the beginning. Yeah, and, and somewhere along the line, it was, I still sound very terrible. Is there something I need to do from this side? Is everything on that side? So you guys will sort it out. Yeah? So, um, so God has always been a gracious God. And for some weird reason along the line, we lost that. And I think mainly because of the law that was introduced, that, that really was more to teach us how terrible sin is, but not to take away from how good God is. And so this morning, we're going to continue on that, and we're going to look at justifying grace. And justifying grace is really great because this is where we're going to see that when we stand before God's throne, when we stand this morning, that not a single one of us are guilty before God, that he has made a way that we can enter into a loving relationship with him and that we can look at sin in the face and say, I am not guilty because Christ has paid it all. So I just want for those who are writing, if you're taking notes, take notes. Um, if you're not taking notes, just uh, allow the Holy Spirit to just meet with you and just allow his word to wash over you this morning. So I want us to pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just want to thank you so much for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your grace that you've poured out over us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you continue to minister to us with regards to your amazing grace in our lives. And we really just pray, Father, that as we come out of this time, Lord, we will understand it greater. We will know you more, Father God. And we will be able to live life the way you've intended us to live it, oh, Father God. Holy Spirit, I really just thank you that you just minister to every single person here, that every person will take away what you need them to take away this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for that. Amen. Amen. So we do justifying grace, how amazing grace transforms our eternity, okay, here on earth and forever, yeah, and I want us to look at our key scripture again here this morning, which is Titus 3 verse 3 to 7, it starts off by saying, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So here in his letter to Titus, Paul is explaining again that this is what we were like before we met Jesus. So he, he goes through a list of laundry. Yeah, This is what people were like without God's grace and mercy. So they were, they were foolish, they were disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions, gratifying their own desires, living in such a way that is not pleasing to God. And then he goes on to explain what God did and, and now where we are and how we live after this. And the key 
um, um, line that I really want us to focus on there is the line uh, at the bottom, the last one, which says, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Justified by his grace, we may become heirs. So when you hear the term justified, what comes to mind? Yeah. Normally when we hear justified, it means I was right to do what I did. No? I had a reason to do why I did what I did. Okay? But in this context, justifies, it talk, it's talking about how we see ourselves before the throne of God. Yeah. It is a, if we could just go to the next slide, it's a pronunciation. Yeah? Declaring that our sins, past, present, and future have been washed away. That we're standing clean before God. Every person, whenever we're thinking about coming to church or coming to Jesus or being with God, in our minds we're always thinking, am I acceptable to God? Yeah? That is the one question that we often have in our hearts. Am I acceptable to God? Is God pleased with me? Does God love me? Has God accepted me for who I am? Is there something I can do more that will allow him to love me even more, to accept me even more, for me to mean even a lot more to him? When I'm sitting in a crowd like this and we're worshiping the Lord, does my worship even reach God? Or is there somebody who's done something so much better than me that that person's worship is more acceptable to God than mine? Yeah? So those are the thoughts that come in our minds when we think of our relationship with God. But we need to understand that at the end of this message, when we leave here, we need to have that confidence in Christ that you are acceptable to God. You are acceptable. You are good enough for God because of what Christ has done. And we're going to look at it this morning. So justified when I remember when I was studying at Bible school and they had this this term justification you know and they always and we were like what does this mean when we were doing grace and they were talking about sanctification justification and all this and and and, and what really helped me when it came to that term of justified and justification and a lot of us know that is is that just remembering that it is just as if you've never sinned before in God's eyes, when we accept the grace that is poured out through what Jesus did on the cross, we have a clean slate. He, he doesn't just forgive us of our sins, but he takes away our sins. And before him, it is just as if we have never sinned before. And it's a tough reality because you know this. This is what God's word is saying. Yes, I understand this is what Jesus did. But when you're living your life, you're thinking about the mess that you've done, the sins that you're committing daily, you know. But we need to enter into that reality that before Christ is just as if we've never sinned before because of what God did on the cross for us. And it's important for us to to. To know that we're justified before God. It is important to understand that God made a way for us to be justified. Because last week, Pastor Chris was speaking about the law 
and sin. Huh? And we, we, we can never look at sin and say it's not a big deal before God. We need to understand the state in which we were when we, everybody was going in their own direction. How serious sin is before God. And that, that a penalty needed to be paid for that sin. Something needed to be done after the fall when all of humanity was corrupted. Yeah? Through one man's sin, the whole of humanity was corrupted. Yeah? And it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like. And if you look and you say, but I'm not that bad a, a, a person. I don't commit crimes of adultery and murder and all that. Every single person needed to be justified before the, uh, the, before, before God, even the Jews themselves who were born of the promise. They could say, no, but we had the law and all we needed was to be righteous according to the law. Or no, but God sent, he said he's going to send a Messiah for us. We don't need to be justified of our sin, but the Messiah died for every single person to be justified. And it was important to God because with sin, death entered. And this death is physical, but it's also condemnation, separation from God for eternity. For eternity. For the rest of our lives. Yeah? And when we read the Old Testament, we, we see so clearly how sin is just not acceptable before God. How he had to wipe out a whole group of people because the sins have become so big during the time of Noah. That they had to wipe those people out to start afresh. How we, we, we see passages where the, the, the earth would open up when people sinned and it will swallow them. You know, when we, when we look at the way God dealt with sin in the Old Testament, when you broke the law. Yeah? Pastor Chris was explaining the law of Moses. This is how we're supposed to be conducting ourselves. This is how we're pleasing before God. This is how you're supposed to live your life. And if anyone broke that law, you know what happened during that time? If you broke the law, the way God dealt with us breaking the law during the time of Moses, it's so scary, it's so sad. Huh? It was through death. He dealt with sin by removing the person. Yeah? It, the, uh, the Bible says, purge the evil among you. Yeah, purge the evil from among you. Remove them from your camp. Because if they remain there, they will defile everyone else. They will defile the camp. They will mess up everything. So what, whenever someone committed a sin, and you can read it. Like if, if, if people were being disobedient to parents, drag them out of the city. Put them outside the camp and stone them to death. May everybody know this person is sin. If someone committed fornication, which is all sorts of uh, sexual immorality, from homosexuality to adultery, drag them out of the city, put them outside, and stone them to death. Yeah? So that the land can be clean from this stuff. Yeah? So this is, this is a picture. And I know it's hectic because we're like, whoa, is this the same God we're talking about? Yeah? But we need to understand just the depth and the weight of sin in, in God's eyes. For us to understand how important justification is for us. How important it is for us to be able to stand freely and know that God does not count our sin against us at all. Here in Ephesians 2 verse 3 it says, All of us also lived among them at one time, 
gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. You know, when we're gratifying the desires of the flesh, when we're, when we're going in our own ways, doing our own things, we by nature deserve wrath. We by nature deserve to be punished. We by nature deserve to be cast out of God's presence. Yeah? But God said no. And if you're sitting here today, you can just think about if, if you're saved and, 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 and you're walking with the Lord, you can remember. Just think about what life was like before you met Jesus. Before God's grace and kindness opened your eyes to see and accept salvation in Jesus. Yeah? You were going towards destruction. Death and God. It wasn't, it wasn't a great path. Yeah? And sometimes we, we, we can say, ah, oh, no, but mine was not that bad. You know, I, I drank a bit here. And, you know, I smoked a bit here. But it wasn't that bad. Yeah? But it was a path leading to destruction. Yeah? And, and when you look back, you're saying, sure. I wonder what my life would have been today without Jesus. And I'm so grateful that he saved me from that life. And especially if you have friends that are still there, that come to you every week, every now and then, and they're talking and they're saying, help me out with this and this and this and this. And you're thinking, yo, Lord, just reveal yourself to this person. That could have been me. But by God's grace, that's not who I am anymore. Isn't it? And if you're sitting here today and you're, and you're not... You're not Christian, you're not saved, you haven't given your life to the Lord. And you're looking at this laundry and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm still there. <laughs> I'm still in that place where I'm gratifying the desires of my flesh. I'm still in that place where I'm living for myself and not Jesus. I'm still in that place where sin just seems to be the natural outworking of my daily activity. God is saying there is grace for us not to be there. God is calling all men today to repentance, irregardless of your race, your color, where you come from. He said, I have made a way so that everybody can come to me. And that's through repentance, by accepting what I've done through my son who was pierced on that cross so that no person may stand and say, I am not good enough. I cannot do that, but I can't because of what Jesus has done. So no man is with, with any excuse today. No man. God has made a way. And it's such a beautiful way. We don't have to, to be condemned. Yeah? We were justified through what God did. And I want to read this in Titus. Ah, Titus 3, verse 4 to 5. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. Yeah? His grace, His favor. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. According to His own mercy. He made a way according to His own mercy so that we may be justified before Jesus Christ. And what I need to say here is that we cannot be justified we cannot say, I am not guilty. I am in right standing with God based on our own merits, based on our own works, based on what we have done. We can only say, 
I have favor with God because of what Jesus did. Yeah? So that no man can boast. You know, a lot of people are trying to earn God's favor through doing things for God. Even coming to salvation. I was sharing here on, on Wednesday when we had prayer. I was sharing how when, when, when sometimes we meet people, we're evangelizing, when we're inviting them into relationship with God, they always say, no, I'm not ready yet. There's still some things I want to sort out before I can come into the presence of a holy God. There's still some things I need to sort out in my own life before I can enter into relationship with God. You're trying to be acceptable before you can enter into relationship with God. But that is defeating, self-defeating, because God is saying, I'm not looking for you to make yourself pure before you come to me. You need to come as you are. And through my son, Jesus Christ, you are acceptable. Yeah. Otherwise, you will never come. Because we, it's so difficult to fix ourselves. Huh? How many people do you know that were saying, no, I first want to sort my life out? Before I come to Christ. And they're still there trying to sort their lives out. Why? Because they don't have the grace. That will allow them to sort those things out. Yeah. They get sorted in relationship with God. Yeah. And I think for years. There, there, there's been this underlying understanding. That before we are acceptable to God. We need to be clean first. Yeah. I need to look good. I need to speak well. I need to do a certain way. Then I can come into God's presence. But when Jesus died on that cross, that veil was torn. And he said, come by faith. Yeah, That's why he says, we have been saved. By grace. Through faith. So we put our trust in what Jesus did on the cross. Not in what we have done for ourselves. It's never good enough. You know Martin Luther, who started this, or was part of the Protestant Reformation. He started the Lutheran movement. Do we have some Lutherans in the house? These are the people that rebelled against the Catholic system in those days. Yeah? But Luther was a man. That was feeling torment in his spirit. He never knew whether he was good enough for God. So even if you watch that movie Luther, you will see him walking up and down, speaking to himself because of the, the he's thinking about the condition of his life. He's thinking, oh man, I'm not good enough. So he'll be speaking to the devil and he's saying, damn you devil, damn you. And he's there fighting his own inside battles. Because he didn't know if he's good enough. He used to practice what we call flagellation. Where you're punishing your body. Beating yourself. Plugging out your beards. Trying to punish the sinful flesh. So that you're acceptable to God. And he wasn't good enough. And he couldn't sleep at night. He hated the Old Testament. He hated it with a passion. Even some passages in the Bible that were talking about righteousness and, and condemnation. He hated that. He didn't like hearing about hellfire. 
he didn't like hearing about, about a God that is good, but at the same time punishes people. He just couldn't reconcile those two in his head. You know? And God saw his struggle. And Martin Luther encountered grace. By reading and studying the scripture, it's like God, by his grace, took this guy and put him on a path where he would actually study theology. Go to the original scriptures. You know, the Latin of that time. Because you couldn't understand the, the scriptures if you didn't speak Latin. He could go in there, study and dig. And then he discovered, I've been taught a lie. And he really was taught a lie. Because the, the, the Catholic Church at that time was using hell and fear to get people to do what they needed them to do. They were selling what we call indulgences. Yeah? You could actually buy a certificate. No? And it cost money. Poor people were working hard, guys, to get money to buy the certificate. That confirmed saying, hereby, I confirm that so-and-so through this paper that he has bought, he will enter into heaven. That's what was happening. People were buying this stuff. And they had this teaching, the teaching of purgatory. That says that there's a waiting place. People are not really in heaven or hell yet. They are there in a waiting place. And what you do here, your loved ones, what you do here on earth can actually affect what happens there in purgatory. In fact, I think it was um, the, one, of, one of the preachers, famous preachers, He's also in that Luther movie. He, he was giving a sermon and he said, when, when a coin in the coffer drops, a soul from purgatory <laughs> yeah, is released, is set free. Yeah? So they were teaching all you need to do is bring money and those people will be set free. So pray a lot. A hundred Hail Marys from the bottom staircase all the way to the top. And people will be saved. Buy this water. Buy this piece of the cross. Buy this. And you will gain favor with God. There was so much. And this is where Luther was raised in. This is the situation during his time. And, 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 and sometimes we'll take a walk down the streets. And we'll see these peasants. Poor people. Suffering. But working hard. To get that money. To take to the church. So that they can earn salvation. It was heartbreaking. Until he discovered grace. And when he discovered grace guys. It fueled him so much. With passion and zeal. And he said this I need to make everybody know. Even to the point where he was almost killed. Yeah. So he started something completely different. He was seen as, as an opposition party now, my friend. What are you doing? You're messing up our system. Yeah? We have a perfect system here, and you're coming with these teachings where he said, no, you are saved by grace alone through faith in what Jesus Christ did. So we need to focus on the scriptures, and it's by grace that you're saved through Jesus Christ, put your faith and trust in what Jesus has done, and then you are acceptable to God. Not on what you can do. Not on how good you look. Not on how well you have behaved. 
in what Jesus has done. Guys, if there's the one thing we need to settle today is that we are acceptable before God because of what Jesus has done. We will be judged on the basis of did I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me? That is the thing that will determine whether we're going to go to heaven and hell. Do you know that? And then secondly, we will be judged for our works. But that's secondary because of the grace that was poured out for us to be able to complete those works. But the first thing is, did we accept what Jesus did on the cross? And he said, this gospel must go out. People must understand this. Because now, instead, you you know when, when you're thinking you're not good enough and you need to do more, you become this legalistic person and you're constantly full of fear and you're constantly trying to figure out whether you, you did it right or not. But when you discover grace, you realize, man, God in his nature wants to make sure that we don't, we don't end up separated from him. His very nature, his very heart is that I have made a way. Nobody else has to pay this. My son has to do this. And only through him they can come. And he made a way that all we need to do is accept what he did. So he looked at us in, in our state he looked at Verna in a state and, she, and he took all Verna's sins and put them on Jesus. He looked at Melody's in a state and took all her sins and put them on Jesus. He looked at Pastor Chris in his sinful state and took all his sins and put them on Jesus. He took, I looked at Julius and put them on Jesus. The whole world's sins and put them on Jesus Christ and Punish Jesus instead of us. And by that, his wrath was satisfied. We are no longer under wrath, but under the grace of God, the favor of God, because of what Jesus did. Oh, praise God for that. We are justified. You know, Muslims have this thing where they, when you ask them, how do you know if you're going to be in paradise? They say, it all depends on my good works. Hmm? They believe that you've got two recording angels. One on your left, one on your right. One recording all your good deeds and one recording all your bad deeds. And if there's a scale, you see? There's a scale. If your good deeds are or rather heavier than your bad deeds, ne? They're weighing heavy and pulling, then you'll make it to paradise. But also, <laughs> you are never really sure because God could change his mind. So they have this God that's very capricious. You cannot really trust whether you're in right standing with him. Okay? But if you die in holy war, hey. My goodness, you've got the ticket, okay? And sometimes when you ask somebody, just even just ask yourself, if someone had to ask you this question, how do you know whether you're going to go to heaven one day? What would your answer be? If you say, 
Well, it's because I'm not. I'm really not a bad pe- person, and I've met people like that. I'm not a bad person. I go to church every Sunday. I've raised my children in the church. I've even made sure they all get baptized in the church. I give to the poor. I I volunteer once a year for orphanages. I do. I really, I really don't think I'm gonna go to hell because. Even the words that come out of my mouth are not bad. Yeah? I can remember the first time I did something bad and I really felt so bad about it. You know, if that's the answer, we don't understand justification by grace. That is self-righteousness. It's self-righteousness. I'm going to heaven because of what I've done. The answer should be, I know I'm going to heaven because I've put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross for me. That should be the only answer coming out of your mouth. No extras. No extras. Because the Bible is clear. It's saying our righteous acts are like filthy rags. They're never good enough for God. They can never be good enough. And God loves it when we do this, but we don't gain favor because of our righteous acts. We do righteous acts because we put our trust in Jesus Christ. We have favor with God, and and we've accepted what Jesus did on the cross. And the, the natural outflow of that, as Christ is living inside of us, is the good works that flow with it. That's why you can't, you can't do good works without Jesus. And say, no, I'm good. I'm not going anyway. I'm not going to hell. Yeah? Our righteous acts, our self-righteous acts are not good. They can never be good enough to take us out of that state of sin. Yeah? He needed a perfect, a holy, a pure sacrifice. And there was Jesus. And through that, we are justified. We can stand. Romans 3 verse 23 to 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified, justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Hmm? The redemption that came through Christ Jesus. Romans 5 verse 9. Therefore, since we we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath We are saved from the wrath because we're justified. What Jesus did on the cross there was so powerful. No one can take that away from you. If you've accepted that, that is good enough. No one can take that from you. What Jesus did on the cross, it's so powerful. Okay? We've got a clean state. Titus 3 verse 5 to 6. We've been justified by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Okay? So again, when we accept what Jesus did on the cross, there is a washing and a regeneration. There is a washing away of the old. Remember the state that Paul was, was explaining to Titus, saying this is where people were, this is what we once were. 
But God at the exact right time sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And through him, we have been washed clean. We have, and, and that's why when we get baptized in water, you're identifying with the death of Christ. So you're being baptized to wash yourself from all the old and saying the old is gone, the new has come and I'm being raised with Jesus Christ. Yeah? I'm a new creation in him. Yeah? Regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in us. We receive a different spirit. The Holy Spirit, which is the seal of the promise. Yeah? The Holy Spirit. And he works in us. He teaches us how to live life according to God's ways and his purposes and his standards. So he's here and he's working. Yeah? So we've got a new record, a clean slate to start from. And our eternity is changed forever. You know, we are all going to die one day. I, I, I do secretly hope and that... I will get to see the rapture and because I just think it's going to be such a fascinating time. You know? mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sitting and watching television and the next moment I find myself in a different state and I'm like, what's happening? And I go outside and here Jesus is coming and the trumpet is blowing. I just think, man, that will be amazing. So I secretly hope <laughs> that he will come during my time. But I don't know. <laughs> It might be a while. The disciples waited for a very long time. But what I can say is this. We're all going to die one day. Yeah? And you know, when someone is dead, they put a tombstone there on his grave. And they say, born this year. And died this year. And between the year they were born and the year they died, there is a dash. That summarizes their whole life on earth. Hmm? Everything you've ever done here on earth is summarized in that little dash. Born, dash, died. Hmm? Some families are gracious. They would want to add a little extra paragraph on the gravestone and make it nicer and stuff. But your whole life is summarized there. And a lot of people think, well, that is it. You you lived, you were born, you lived, and you died. What they don't understand is after that died, there's another dash. But this dash is a very long one. It continues for eternity. It does not end. Yeah? And what this dash will look like for you and I is determined by what we do in that short dash. So eternity starts today. First of all, uh, us being justified uh, changes our eternity because we've got peace with God here on earth. I don't have to fight to be in good standing with God because Jesus did it already. I'm just in relationship with God and we're working out stuff and I'm moving and sometimes I get angry, sometimes I get sad, but my heart is to please him and he's teaching me things and I'm growing in him and you're growing in him and we're going forward, right? So we are in peace with God. We never have to fear being tormented by our fire. But it's, ma- it's because we've made that decision to accept God's justifying grace here on earth. And that grace is going to allow us to live in eternity with God himself forever and ever and ever and ever. 
I love that bridge diagram. Doesn't matter what people say, you as a person can walk out of the crowd and say, I'm accepting what Jesus did on this cross because it is a bridge between myself and God himself to go into the other side and live with God for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I am justified. I never have to fear again. I'm reconciled now to be with God forever. So when we accept Jesus Christ, it's not just for what's coming, but it's for the way we're living here on earth now. The grace is for now, and the grace changes our forever in eternity. Amen. And I want to close with this. Titus 3 verse 7, it says, So that being justified by His grace we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We are heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Last week we learned about sonship. Even this week, it's something that came out even Friday when we were praying. The importance of understanding that we've been adopted as sons. And this is for women too. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. And when we accept God's justifying grace... We are renewed. We are changed. We live a life that is different from the world. No longer in, the, in those passions of gratifying our, our, our own worldly desires and passions. But we become children of God living here, ruling and reigning with Christ. Extending the kingdom of God. Living a life that is different from the world because of what God did for us. And we do it with joy because we know we stand freely before God. Justified, clean, and not guilty. So understand this this morning. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, nobody that says, God, I accept what you've done is guilty this morning. If you've been beating yourself up, thinking you're not good enough, walk away with this knowing that I am good enough, says God. I am good enough. I am good enough. Say it to yourself. Say, I am But you skip that red robot, but you all sorts of things taking you back. Who remember that day when you did this? You say, No, I've put my faith in Jesus and what is done. Hallelujah. Can we stand and pray this morning? Let's just spend some time connecting with the Spirit of God right now. He wants to minister to us. He wants to minister to us this morning. Oh Lord, we lift up our eyes before you. We lift up our eyes before you. And we thank you so much for your goodness this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we can stand before you. We don't have to put on white clothes to feel holy. We are 
holy and acceptable to you because of what Jesus did on the cross, Lord Jesus. And therefore this morning we want to pray, Lord, where we've been looking at our own works and justifying ourselves through that. We want to repent this morning, oh Father God, where we've been comparing ourselves, our Christian lives, looking at how others are living based on our own merits and what we're doing. Lord, we want to repent for that this morning because we recognize that it is your grace that empowers us. It is your grace that empowers us to live according to your ways and your standards this morning. And we want to thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Father, this morning, you're inviting us to come close to your throne. If there's anyone here this morning and you're looking at that scripture in Titus and you're saying, I've not made that decision. I'm not acceptable before God because I haven't put my faith in what Jesus has done. This morning, the Lord is inviting you and he's saying, you don't have to be in that state. You don't have to be in that state. Come to me. So if there's anyone, I want to give an opportunity to you this morning. If there's anyone who haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you haven't put your faith in what Christ has done. If you're here this morning, wherever you are, with every head bowed down, please just raise your hand so that we can pray. Is there anyone like that this morning? Anyone? Thank you, Jesus. confidence in you that they are good enough because of what Jesus did on the cross and Lord where the enemy has been whispering and speaking we silence that voice right now in the name of Jesus and I thank you for boldness in Jesus Christ I thank you for boldness to get up and run the race again boldness to get up and follow Jesus again boldness to get up and do the things that you've called them to do again. Father, you do not count our sins against us, but you give us a second chance through what Jesus has done on the cross. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here and you still need more prayer, there will be people here to minister to you. Otherwise, God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome week ahead. And let's not forget to meet tomorrow and pray at 5.30. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.